Welcome to Unlocking the Fitness Industry. I am your host, Jake Abel. I'm a two-time natural pro, a cellular athlete, and we're going to find the best way to get fit, to enter your competitions, and to look your best. So, here we go. Let's get into the episode. Hello guys, welcome back to another podcast. This one's going to be a little bit different. I had a client reach out to me asking a little bit on the origins of AbleFit, how I got started in online coaching now that I'm 100% online and have one of the strongest teams in ICN for natural bodybuilding. So we kind of dive in how I kind of got started, how people that during this COVID time, it's definitely a lot of people are looking at more online businesses and different types of forms like that. So we dive into that, dive in a little bit of an origin story about myself, um, and we kind of bounce into a, a lot of podcasts. You can take advice out of this, not only if you're looking at building an online into the fitness industry, but it's so relevant for many other different things. Thanks to everyone that is reposting all of the podcasts along their stories on Instagram, reaching out to me with topics they want to hear. Um, I'm trying to get some amazing guests of, which I have in the last couple, and wait until you see who's coming up. So we've got a few good ones and we're going to keep diving into all these topics which you guys have been eating up. So thanks so much. Let's get into this podcast. I'll give a little background as well. So um, what we're going to do is Hugo is currently at been PTing for the last how many years have you been PTing for? So I started when I was probably uh, 18. So last four years I've just been doing the one-on-one PT. Nice. And then, so what we're going with the current times is we're going to try and break down where Hugo is at. Um, He's been in the PT space for quite a while and we're going to slowly go into what a lot of you guys would probably be sitting in if you're a PT, we're in COVID times at the moment. So it's more taking on um, the online space. Hugo's got quite a lot of questions. So I was like, stuff it, let's hit up a podcast. Um, And that's going to kind of open it up and... um, have a lot of questions coming from what you, where a lot of you guys are probably at. So we're going to break down. I've been a online coach now for five years um, and that's a hundred percent online. I haven't done any face to face ever in the last five years. And from there I've coached over 400 people on online, um, had over 80 wins now, had five clients turn pro within bodybuilding and lifestyle type of, uh, training so we're going to break down little bits of that like with the questions that hugo has um and i just thought this would make a perfect podcast so that's why we get getting him on for a little bit of background other than the pt hugo tell us a little bit about yourself yeah man so basically i've as i sort of um grew up in same sort of areas jake and uh you know we both went to the same high school so it's been awesome to see him and his career progress and, uh, you know, it really inspired me because I went into the fitness industry as well, um, doing my PT course through high school. And then straight after high school, I started my, my business, Hugo Cram Fitness. And, um, yeah, I went a sort of a slightly different direction to Jake. And I went into the one-on-one PT, starting my first real business in Fitness First uh, in Melbourne Central. So I worked there for the last two years, um, building up the one-on-one PT business. And then I transitioned over to Anytime Fitness. So I've just been doing the one-on-one PT for the last couple of years. And uh, the funny thing is since, you know, COVID broke out, um, 
in one day, my yeah. whole business was destroyed. Yeah. And uh, I remember the day it was in March and uh, it was that one day and then everybody, you know, didn't want to go to the gym and then the gym's closed and I didn't have my online business set up then. So I was pretty screwed. Um, so it's really interesting to, you know, be able to chat to you, Jake, yeah. and, uh, you know, hear about your journey, your story and how to kind of build an online coaching business and how you've built your name for yourself in the, in the fitness industry. A hundred percent. And that's kind of where I think um, the fitness industry is in a stronghold at the moment. It's in a huge headlock um, with controls of out, out of controls. Like we've had it very good for the last 10 to 20 years. Fitness industry has been booming, growing something like 8% per year. But now it's kind of got to the point where COVID majorly affects it. The government majorly affects it. Um, so that, yeah, it's, it's hard to live your life as a full-time fitness professional. And it's not only PTs. This is, there's so many people involved from cleaners to um, gym managers to group fitness instructors and things like that, which are all going to come across. And it's not, maybe not even in the fitness space. There's so many other spaces, hospitality, all of these type of things that you've got to kind of create resilience in your business. Um, and that's where we're going to go into a few topics today. Um, so yeah, hit us up with some questions, Hugo. Yeah. Awesome, Jake. So, well, I'd love to sort of start with, you know, just right from the beginning, man. Um, how about we go back to when you first started, you know, doing your PT course. Yep. And you know what your sort of mindset was back then with, you know, business and uh, your goals and your ambitions. And let's, let's kick it off there, man. All right, cool. So started off finishing high school, um, Braemar College, private school, did not know what I wanted to do. Um, what, what Didn't have like that aha moment where I was just like, I want to do this or I want to do that. Like a lot of people, I was in year 12, like I have no freaking clue what I want to do. Um, so I kind of worked out, like I wanted to have a gap year, um, travel Europe, and my mum's a principal. She wouldn't let that happen. So she's like, okay, you can have a gap year if you, A, work for six months and do some type of TAFE thing. My interscore was like pathetic. My interscore was, I tried hard. Like I wasn't like, oh, fuck it completely. I was at a private school. So I gave my best crack and I got like a 43.3. And I was like, oh, that's a bit harsh. And mum was in tears and all of that because she's a principal. So ended up, get like being able to do back then it wasn't the quick courses um i was like on the right and the tail end of that it was a, a diploma in fitness at vu so i went to vu it was monday to friday 9 a.m to 3 p.m classes the whole way through um so that's where i think like already foundation wise it was more going down that exercise science type of like quick course of exercise science glorified pt um where now what you can do one hour a week for bloody 10 weeks and you got your PT certificate and you walk out knowing fuck all. Um, and the main thing is, is funnily enough, after that course, I knew even less as well. So this is something that's come up in the podcast quite a lot. The more you learn about this industry, the more you learn about training and nutrition, the less, the, the more you know that you, the less you know. So it's like, yeah. there's so much to it that the more you, deeper you can go, there's it just opens new doors and opens new doors on top of that. So I was doing um, that and that's where I kind of got pushed into the back door of the fitness industry. Both of my parents were 
um, fitness instructors and all of that in the gym. So they're like, oh, well, at least if you get your qualifications, you can do some casual work. I was lifeguarding at the time as well at Gisborne Pool. So like going hand in hand with um, lifeguarding. So I, I kind of like, for me, I grinded to get into a gym job. Like I started, I was always training um, from like the age of 14. So I always loved training, but it wasn't something I wanted to, I couldn't see myself doing. I kind of just loved the athlete side of things. I love skating. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll start training performance wise. I liked like more of the kind of functional fitness at the start and like boxing and spin. And then I, I, it was more like, all right, cool. I can make 50 bucks for doing a spin class. Um, and I was like, that's a bit better than doing lifeguarding or something like that. And I was working in a kitchen as well. So I was like, all right, kind of back, back, like almost lied my way into becoming, I knew like once I got my PT qualifications, I wanted to do one-on-one. I loved the whole one-on-one mass transformations. Um, I want, I like motivating and working with people. Uh, but I hadn't had any of those, uh, those type of clients before. Cause after what you do in the PT, you're just left out in the world. They don't teach you anything about business. They barely teach you anything about fitness and training. And they teach you kind of random facts that you just to kind of get through. So I kind of, I took on a client during that time um, of learning a PT that I did go to school with. And we lost 30 kilos just using pretty much sandbags and minimal, minimal equipment, boxing, um, sandbags, just doing circuit work. I was like kind of back then I was, I was watching um, my macros and little things like that. I didn't want to compete, but I kind of knew that I wanted to like, I was looking after myself. Nutrition for me growing up in my family was just a part and part of growing up. I I learned it the whole way. I was so lucky that I had that from an early start. So then we worked together with this client lost 20 kilos. I kind of watched her journey as well and was amazed by it. And then that kind of got me the bug. Couldn't get a job anywhere. I applied for like five different gyms. No one would let me in from all the way, different PT jobs. So then I actually covered a boxing class and I went in for covering this boxing class. They were adding it to the gym. And as I went into the gym manager, she was like, oh yeah, cool. I'll write you down because it was a canceled gym back then. So they're like, cool. What are you here for? Like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm here for a group instructor and PT. And she's like, oh, all right. Puts it down. And that's how I become a PT. So I pretty much <laughs> had to trick, trick my way in the back door um, to get a PT. Back then it wasn't super like, it was more just gym desk and, um, and working. So they trained me up in the, all, all on the gym desk as a PT. And it was just kind of a, somehow got, got in with the confusion. Um, but then from there, it started to blow up. Um, a new gym came to town. I had experience back then because it's kind of hard as a PT after you finish your course, you go to everywhere and they're like, we're looking for someone with experience. Um, exactly. And it's hard because you're like, well, if I can never go and find a job, how the hell do I get experience? Um, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's a hard little thing to do at the start. So I almost had to trick my way in. I think it's easier now these days because they're more PTs as the rent system. Um, so you're renting. So if you're a smart gym, you're going to want as many PTs as you can because you don't give a shit if they're going to be successful. You're still getting your 250 to $300 per week. Um, so exactly. technically it's a business on their side. They're making money off their PTs if they're successful or not. So they don't give a shit. They'll hire as many as they can. Um, that's what I found on that side. So we'll go into that a little bit later, but then 
from there, yeah, a new gym came to town. I pretty much walked in, blindsided this gym, started talking to them. They're like, we want PTs, $50 a week cash. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> pretty much walked into this brand new gym, set up my uh, first face-to-face business. Um, plus, I had a bit of experience from doing boxing and like a bit of face-to-face work. So people start to know me in this because we're, we're, where we're both from is kind of small country town. Um, and then from there, it's just once this new gym opened, they had a heap of new members getting... I was kind of like relentless. Like I was a people person. I grew up, my my parents have been in that fitness industry, like I said, and it was just like my dad's drilled into me from a young age is that you are a walking billboard. So when you are working, when you, and and like, that's a lifeguard thing as well. Like as a pool lifeguard is you're got a, when you're standing there, you're standing straight. You're, you're, when you communicate with people, it's look in the eyes because you're representing the bit, the, the council or the business or the center. Um, so customer service was my number one thing, just bringing people in. I was converting from pretty much running people through programs, just meeting them and just doing simple things like talking about their goals. And the one thing I was just super like, I, I guess because I'm from the country and what I find is a lot of people in the fitness industry, city versus country are very, very different. Um, I pretty much just, yeah, hundred percent. So my sales pitch was, I was just like, look, one session, you're not going to do this. I was super honest. Um, Chet pretty much gave all my information out in the first thing of like, this is what you need to do if you want to achieve this. And I just converted from there. I ran that face-to-face business for about five years um, of PTs, got a heap of transformations. I was pretty much, um, I was the, the most popular PT at the gym at the time. Um, I found a niche clientele, um, which is, yeah, pretty important. We'll, we'll go into later. Um, found a niche clientele that I kind of targeted while I was at that gym. And then from there, I had a sudden change where I was living at home at the current time. I was probably like 21, 22. And my parents moved to Torquay. Um, so it was like th- two hours away. And I pretty much was going to move at one side of the Victoria. Was I going to stay there? I ended up moving with my parents and dropped everything. So that whole business was pretty much gone. Um, and then I came to Torquay and I had no other choice but to create an uh, online business. I had a look at a few gyms up here and I wasn't willing to start from scratch. And so that kind of gave me for the birth of kind of able fit online. Um, I was doing quite well in competitions by then. I just won the Australian title. Um, so yeah, a few, few res- results coming from that. And I kind of, by then knew clearly exactly, I, I, I was like, Funnily enough, I was writing the programming for Able Fitness and the um, like the backbone of Able Fitness while I was lifeguarding doing my PT course of where I wanted to be. I, I knew I wanted it online. I knew, I knew I had a few people that I followed. And this was way before like anyone was an online coach. Um, yeah, exactly. So when I did move to Torquay, it was funny because like I used to try and promote online coaching and people were like, how do you do that? What do you do with online coaching? How's that possible? Now I say, hey, I'm an online coach. And they're like, oh yeah, I know what that, like straight away. It's the same with like back in the day when you used to bodybuild, everyone would be like, why are you wearing tans? And you used to get all these weird questions. And now you, like the education's just out there. And I think like, like most people now are going down the online and it's a lot smarter um, for, for both the client and, and uh, the coaches. Yeah, exactly right. Because the thing that I found with, the online coaching already since I've sort of 
uh, transitioned over? Because I'm sort of at that similar age to you when you would have started. Like I'm 22 now. Um, I've been, you know, training, you know, hundreds of clients in person over the last couple of years, getting some really good transformations and, and results. Um, but now as soon as that whole business collapses, now it's time to, you know, transition those skills onto the online space. And as you said, it's better for, you know, the, the coach and the trainer and also the clients because you can get a lot more people on board and you can help a lot more people with their goals and their training rather than, you know, having only 30 to 40 clients that you can help at one single time. Now you can have, you know, up to hundreds. Yeah. So that's awesome, man. That's really cool. So would you say that when you sort of were, you know, younger and sort of building up your, um, your brands, cause you're quite well known in the fitness industry now, how did you sort of go about getting known? Because again, we're from like a small country town, you yep. know, like you can get known in the community. How did you sort of reach out and, you know, get hundreds of thousands of followers now that you have, you know, on your Instagram and, and all your social media platforms, your Facebook, how did you go about that? Was it just this sort of gradual build or, you know, was it the competing that really like blew you up? Yeah. So this is something that actually haven't been asked for a while and haven't thought about. So it was, I remember probably when I was starting out the competition side, I only had like, probably 3000 followers and that was skate based. So I was on Instagram at like early 2011 ish, 10 ish um, before Instagram was a thing. It was mostly a skate based um, platform. Um, so I was just mostly sharing skate stuff. Hashtags were just blasting out when I was doing skate stuff um, and just doing like more art photography. So I got me to my first 3000 um walking into competing uh five years ago around today i was five weeks out or something so th that was my first show i probably had around five thousand followers from then i from the start like i kind of followed the early early mark fits if you've been in the fitness industry for oh, a while like mark fit guzman they were the, like the og bloody greg plitz like that was a huge they're all youtube so YouTube with fitness was starting to taking off Instagram on uh, fitness wasn't as hardcore. So I kind of knew I went to a, my first ever expo and that just like that, that if there was a spark, like I remember watching Mark Fitz first, that change your life video, 2012, um, just finished my PT course. And I was like, all right, I want to get shredded. I was like, I, just, I don't care about anything. I just want to be like shredded. And let's work out how we're going to do that. So what consumed heaps of his content from there, it kind of gave me that base where I knew I needed to, okay, if I want to go down this path of being an athlete, being a um, online kind of person sharing a lot of my like content is I'm going to need to build some type of brand. Um, and this is where I think a lot of people mistake it, especially this day and age, because they're seeing how strong Instagram is, how strong, platform is you got so many people talking about it and this is how you sell and like to be f truly honest back when i started instagram everyone was like you're an absolute fuck like why are you putting photos up of you shirtless why are you going into the gym filming yourself because like it was a weird thing to do like super weird um but again i think that's where the country town kind of environment helped me because it, 
like I had the same people. So it was weird for like a month. And then people were like, oh, that's a dude that takes his shirt off and takes his camera in. It's just him. He's, he's just a weirdo. Um, so I was just f- filming along and it's kind of like, I didn't let anyone get into my head behind that. Cause I was just so focused on, I, I knew what I wanted to do. And like I had 50 views and I was like, 50 is a lot of people. <laughs> um, yeah. so then when I started to yeah push over into, I was just promoting a lot of crap on Instagram, which was more just like shirtless photos and it d- didn't really mean anything. It wasn't any deep connection with anything until I kind of did my first show and this is where I think like I give a lot of advice from people wanting to grow their Instagram and doing things like that. And I was lucky that it was so early. Not many people knew about, especially natural bodybuilding um, or anything like that. And I actually, from day one, and you can go on my YouTube, you can go on my Instagram, scroll right down, but YouTube is probably easier is I've got 10 episodes of my first show, everything I did in my prep. So for that, that's value. And then straight away that like, there wasn't much, especially in, yeah, in ICN or content back then, IMBA. And then p- that people started picking up on that because the, I'm sharing my journey. I met all these people through Instagram using their hashtags. They were resharing me. Um, and I was just where a lot of people, the whole bodybuilding mindset is like, don't show anything until the day. Keep to yourself. Stay in your own lane. And I was like dead opposite. I was just like messaging other people that would follow me back. I'm like, you're doing this show. Sick. Can't wait to meet you. And, and like, I think that's again, country mindset is like, you're super just, you're not going to keep to yourself. Or I think more the city is you stay in your own lane where country is like, you walk down the street, everyone's going to say hello to you. And I was always like that. I was, I knew I could really push on to my extroverted side and turn on like this extrovert side of me where I'm nervous. I'll go to that. Um, And then bounce off that more. So that was my persona. Um, and then going into that, meeting people at shows, like I was the kind of person I'd walk into a sh- into the show, nervous as hell, but because I'm leaning on my extrovert, I'd go up and just walk up to random people, be like, is this your first show? Hey, how are you? My name's this, competing, I'm nervous as hell. And I was just so like open and honest about it as well. Um, so it was a lot real. And I think that's where a lot of people started following. I got like 5,000 there. I'd go to a pose workshop. There was like 50 pick guys at this pose workshop and I'd chat to all of them beforehand and like I didn't have that ego about me. And then um, once I started competing, like I I didn't do that well in my first show, Um, but I just like kind of loved it. When I was on stage, I was like, this is what I do. Like I've grew up with a lot of anxiety. I grew up with a lot of people like worrying about what other people think. And I was pushing those limits and it got addictive. Um, So then once after my first show, I was like, yeah, I'm doing this again. Like went to nationals, I placed fifth in the open second in the novice class at nationals in men's fitness um, at a national level. I was so hyped in my second ever show. So from there I was like, cool. I got a little bit of cred just at the time. One of my clients that I was face to face PTing sent me uh, nutrition systems was looking for cellular athletes. Um, I took a shit ton of uh, C4 and then from there I got affiliated with cellular because I had the competition results. I knew I was hitting up, I had the contract of Optimum Nutrition sitting on there, Nutrition Warehouse sitting on there, UPS sitting on there. And I really wanted Cellucor because it was something that I used and like kind of believed in. And then pretty much once I got like called onto them, um, I, my whole tagline for getting their attention, I was their first ever athlete in Australia because my tagline just wrote at the top, if you're looking for a bodybuilder, I'm not your guy. But if you're looking for someone that can promote, that can do like functional fitness. I'm an all round athlete. 
um, talking a lot about like, I knew what they wanted. Like I, I, I've always had a like business mind where I could be like, okay, this is that they're not going to want, they want something different um, that can promote to 99% instead of someone that can promote to 1%. Um, and then I got affiliated with Cellucor from there, took to expos. Once I went to expos, I just hammered it. I like, it was the first, it was funny. Went to the expos for the first one. I was like, huh, interesting. Saw that many people that I met didn't get that much engagement. Went to the next one, gave my all at these three expos, all my advice, all my values, gave every single person that I handed a sample out to a business card with my social media on it. From that, awesome. no one was doing that at the time, but it's funny because now people are doing it and they're like, I, when I'm walking around, they're like, hey, I got this idea from you. So I gave out a business card that's had like Jay Gable official, my Instagram on it and sell your core athlete. So anyone that had a conversation with me or I was just free handing out samples, like nothing, they're all going with a card. Um, and it was quite funny cause I had like friends from Gisborne at the time, like catching the train back and people were talking, like talking about me on the train. Cause I gave these cards, like those expos, you see up to 300 people per, uh, 300,000 people per for over a three day period when the expos were pumping. From there, got to about 30,000. Um, so you call flew me out like 30,000 back then was pretty big. Um, so you call ended up flying me out to, um, Vegas to do Olympia. Um, did American market whole different game because you're an Aussie in America. So like, it was so funny. Usually you're trying to talk to people. I just walk up at, at an expo, just like, get a AIA. And then they're just like, yeah. start talking to you. Americans just eat it up. Um, so we'll just like shooting product out. I was just insane from that. Um, other than that, like anyone growing social media is you got to be everywhere. So I was at the expos, like meeting face to face people. I was, um, walking around cause it was funny. Once I got sponsored by Cellucor, I used that time wisely. So as soon as I, I knew kind of, I got the, I was going to expos and things like that as an athlete, you can get into the expo an hour early before the crowds are in there. So what I'll do is go in an hour early, knowing that the only people in there are going to be the owners of all the businesses. And then I'll go and introduce yeah. myself. So I'll walk around and they would take you more seriously because you're in there b beforehand as well. So you just walk up and like, I got quite close to like, that's where I met like, uh, like the macro mics, the strong lift where the, um, all the guys behind a lot of those big brands that I've done collabs with, um, just because they know your face. So, and this is something I just said with our last podcast with Z and it's just, getting to know definitely the people that are turning the wheels just so then when your name comes up down the track or they, they already know you. So they, 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 that's how you kind of get in little, little bits of everywhere. So I was like being reshared on a lot of those pages, just getting advice and mentorship from a lot of like even different brands is um, just knowing that as well. So I'd use, use my time like super care, like wisely, I think when I had those opportunities, then from there, um, yeah, started build, building social media base. I was in magazines, Ironman, Muscle and Fit, uh, the Muscle Australian Muscle and Fitness, um, posting on Instagram twice a day, every day, um, creating content like nothing, um, and then just using hashtags. Back then, Instagram was easy, organic growth. Um, it was that when the algorithm was like chronological. And I was smart. I'd post for an LA time in America, and I'd post for the Australian time. So it was like 6am and like 5pm Two posts give as much value as you can. So I was looking at it like, why would someone follow me? Okay. 
they're not going to follow me if I'm just posting a shirtless photo, just saying thirst, thirst thing, or just some stupid line. I'm like, okay, what value can you give to every single person that's going to follow you? Okay. I'll do training, um, training method stuff. I'll do little bits here. If I'm going to put a shirtless photo, I'm going to write something that's going to have some re relevance for anyone that's going to read. So you, you trying to give as much as you can and give a reason for someone to be following you. Um, and then from there, it's just tractions kind of blue. And then from that, I got to like the 80 and 90,000 from there. Once you kind of had that social proof training with people, similar size, like after expos, go and train with like a Matty Bartholomew, Robbie frame, um, worked like funnily enough, like a big hit on my Instagram was, um, I, I was working out training and coaching with one of the Janoskian boys, um, from back then. And they had like at the time, like 600, 700,000 followers. So they'll post photos of me and all of that kind of stuff. So then it just skyrocketed. And once the ball started rolling, um, yeah, it's really started rolling. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And what, what I sort of get from that is that it's not like just going to happen you know, like magic, you know, no. you got to hustle and you got to like put in the work to build it up, especially like organically. Um, it's a lot more competitive now. So you got to sort of really separate yourself with hustling and, and grinding like you did, like you're showing up to the expos an hour early and you're really networking, you're getting your business cards out there, all that good nice. stuff. And I think that's like kind of the main point you have to think about if you're, someone like me who's trying to like, you know, build my name in the fitness industry or like someone that wants to come up as well is that you got to put in the hours and, you know, for some people, yeah, they'll get, you know, famous cause they're genetic freaks and stuff like that. But if you're trying to really build a, a proper business, a proper name and a, a proper brand for yourself, it takes work and you got to like put in, the hours and you got to grind and you got to study as well. And you got to, you know, network and connect yourself with people like yourself and people that, you know, know the secrets or know um, how to sort of grow a following and grow an online business. So I think that's incredible, well, man. That's the other half um, is like people who are going to want to help people as well. Like I've always found that if you go there, people like people aren't going to be like an absolute dick to you. Um, and that's just like, as you're saying that, I just remembered some advice that came to me from, um, you know, Joel Bushby TNT. Um, I looked up to him cause he was running quite a, like a quite a really good online presence. And he said to me as well, and cause I asked him a similar question. I was like, how do you just blow up to like America or market and all that? And he's like, don't even focus on it. He's like, absolutely focus on your core community. So just on the people around you in your town, in your state, just focus on them because once that starts growing there and you master that, don't look at the whole world as just a big chunk. Like you get a lot of these people newly coming into the industry, like, cool, Jake's doing this. I want to be an online coach. Cool. I want to be in America, India, all of these countries. And it's like, well, you got to start small and build. It's the same with you. Like it's the exact, exact same with competing. Like this is something like one guy at an expo comes up to me and he's like, Oh, I'm going to compete next to you. And I was like, well, or any like the same thing. He's like, oh, I want my pro card. And I'm like, have you ever competed? He's like, nah. I was like, do you ride motorbikes? He's like, no. I was like, well, you just asked how to do a backflip on the motorbike before you can even ride a motorbike. So it's like, you got to start small, start in that community 
master that and then slowly build out, build out, produce good quality content. Um, and then, yeah, go from there and just, yeah, once that ball starts rolling, it does um, start. And I think that's where I really focused on my hometown, um, really got the results from my hometown. Um, and then from that, built out from there, did a 12-week challenge, got all there. I knew I was doing that 12-week challenge just to get their transformation photos to give them something motivated. So then I would have transformation to promote online and then just promoted, promoted, promoted. Um, and then worked in the Victorian, got really deep within the niche of uh, bodybuilding. Now, like slowly Australia-wide, got really big there. Now we're in America, we're in Fiji, we're in India, we're in New Zealand. Um, so yeah, it's slowly, slowly growing. But as you said, as you start to come in, don't try Like you can't just look at taking the whole chunk. Um, it's starting super small, same with followers. Like you got to think that having a hundred thousand followers or doing something like that, that's a hell of a lot of people. You have to interact. Like you have to really churn it out and, um, be in front of people's faces and like mass amount of faces as well. Um, and, and that's the one thing is it's like, it like some some of them are from hashtags, but to be honest, like majority that I that I come across are like the old school hand out this. And I'll go to a gym, like I'll go to Melbourne, just talk talk to people. I'll just be like training went like all the time, and I'll just be like give them those. I've still got those cards in my gym bag, so I'll just be like, hey, yeah, if you ever have questions, hit me up. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's crazy. <laughs> and another point that you mentioned was how you were sort of just showing about your your journey and you weren't trying to like hide anything. You were just being really transparent and really just showing people, you know, your journey. And I think people love that, you know? Yeah. Um, me as like a follower, I love to see that sort of stuff because it's real, you know, and you don't on social media and stuff, you got to really try not to be fake, you know, and portray this fake. You got to try and be, you know, who you are. And mm. um, yeah, I think showing your progress and stuff is, is awesome. That's definitely something that I try and do. Um, which well, is makes you relatable. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Is like, in the end, people can look at my stuff, know that I'm natural, know that like they can go back to my first show, see me pose like shit, and then go to my pro shows and be like, oh, okay, that's where it's come from. In five years of working hard and training, oh, I could do that too. So it's like that's where you can win a lot of people over because it's not impossible because you've done it it might take a shit ton of hard work and like everyone says they're going to work hard and do that in the short term, but are they willing to go all the way? Um, so it's just, yeah, we're, we're working along that side as an, as an athlete. Yeah. And that's awesome, man. So another thing that I sort of heard there was um, getting the sponsorship and that sort of sponsorship sounded like it really sort of boosted up your, your whole business and your whole um, career. So did you want to sort of talk a little bit about that and sort of the story between, uh, sorry, the story behind getting sponsored by Cellucor and yeah, so uh, how that works? Yeah, I got like, this is where luck comes into it. Like everyone's like hard work, hard work, hard work. You still need luck. Like I worked fucking hard, but still I needed to kind of turn the heads of the right people. So um, when Cellucor did come across, I got that nutrition thing. I kind of knew like back then I was, I was doing research. Like I wanted to be sponsored by other brands as well. And like everyone told me the same thing. Like they're like, well, it's oversaturated. It's going to be hard to do it. And that's for me is fuel. As soon as I hear oversaturated, you've already mentioned it once. 
um, that like at the moment it's oversaturated. That's what everyone thinks. Everyone thinks that so they don't do it. So I actually seriously think that like this sell your core thing went out. I got tagged, tagged in it. And I reckon there was lucky to be 10 to 20 people um, apply for it. So I, I went in and just as soon as I got to the interviews, I was like straight away, like already hyped, knew a lot about the industry. I was talking to different distribution companies um, like Glambia, like things like that as well. Um, so I was kind of smart where I was like, I'm not, because it is saturated. If I'm going to want a sponsorship, I don't want to just go and hit up sell you cause main page. I'm going to find out who their distribution company is, go to their distribution company and it's going to have a lot less followers getting attack them from that angle. And then if they get, um, attacked, so like, for example, with one nutrition company, one really big one as well, um, that I'll, that I got the contract to is I hit up the distribution company, which was the boss of the, say the guy that chooses the athletes. And he's like, Oh, sorry, mate, you've come through to the wrong email. I'll send it through to the person who deals with their athletes. So now that's coming from their boss. So they're definitely going to open it and it's definitely going to be read. Um, so that, that, that was a tactic that I was, I, I found early cause I was getting replies straight away. So I was like, I'm definitely going to take that angle. Um, but then from, from doing that, like I've helped, five or six athletes now get sponsored with the top five companies and it's it, it, it's knowing what you're going to do for the company and that's where i went in with from day dot i was like this is how i can help you grow bang 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 i can help you promote i can help you and it's not everyone's like i don't want to get sponsored and it's okay cool i just want free subs i want to be paid to do this i want to go overseas i want to travel all this and as soon as you start looking at that they're not getting any ROI. So back then, like business, having a business head on you wasn't huge. You're like, at some point, the only reason that company is going to make you an athlete is because they want a return on investment. They want your following base. They want your photo shoots. They want your name on stage. They want um, somehow to convert into them selling. They're not just doing it for the fun of having an athlete. Um, that's something, yeah, definitely talking with Mark Fit early. I was lucky to be like one of his followers super early so I could reach out to him. Um, and that was some of the best advice he gave me straight away. So knowing how, where to be, a little bit of luck that they're looking for someone. And to be truly honest, this is the hardest time for companies. Like I know a lot of the companies now, they're struggling to find people because it's like no one's out there that fits their mold. No one creates content. No one like that's an important thing that we can go into is creating content um, in, instead of they're just posting those surface level flat. Here's my abs here. I've won a show. And it's like, well, there's lots of people that do that. We want something different. We want someone special if we're going to um, invest into them. So yeah, it's finding what you can do for the company. And then being like, I've always tell even our manager for that is like, we want someone who creates content, not just an influencer. Um, and now creating content takes on a whole different meaning of not just photos on Instagram. It's, it's photos on Instagram. It's like I said before, you've got to be everywhere. So I've got podcasting, I've got YouTubing, I've got Instagram, I've got now 400,000 followers on TikTok. It's being everywhere and creating different type of content to suit that platform. Exactly right, man. Now, if because the thing is with social media is it's 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 quite daunting, isn't it? Um, when you have all these people with these sort of mass followings and stuff like that, and if you're someone just trying to sort of start out, what would be your sort of advice to 
them or maybe they've got you know a couple followers but they're trying to take to that next level Mm. what would be your sort of advice so this day and age is start on young platforms um that's my number one advice is like once you have a following on one it's very easy to transfer that following around so starting on instagram i put out a podcast i promote it on instagram um, so my podcast is going to grow and then it's, so it's bringing, using that one platform that you niche down and lock down at the moment. Like I've harp on TikTok. TikTok is the newest platform. It's starting to even get old super quick. Like within six mm. months, I've seen the algorithms change a little bit, but I grew to like 400,000 in under a year on that from nothing because like TikTok was like purely for kids and I, and why I push so hard on TikTok is because when I started it, everyone was like saying exactly the same things that they said to me when I was on Instagram. It was floggish. It was, why would you do that? And then like I noticed Gymshark joined onto TikTok. I noticed the big brands, Nike, Red Bull, all of these companies start popping up on TikTok. And I was like, huh, this is early. Like people are starting to talk about it and it's still like, everyone's like, oh, the platform's for kids. Then I I did lives on TikTok because you can do lives. And I was just like, how old is everyone? And everyone's like 11, 12. So I was like, all right. In my head straight away, I was like, I'm going to have to create content, fitness content for young 11-year-olds, 10-year-olds, do backflips, do all this type of superhero stuff that I was like, all right, because in 10 to 20 years, I'm going to be coaching. So I want to like really prime that and be like killer on TikTok for 10 years time, then I'm going to like almost plant the seeds there. Um, and then it, it can pay off down the road. Um, so I was like, yeah, kind of cool creating these like 30 second content. I'm super into the digital media side of things. So I was like loving it. Um, but yeah, I, I, funnily enough, I didn't promote it on my Instagram because I was like, yeah, I don't want to like mix it up too much. It's not going to be dead. My Instagram audience, um, on TikTok. So I just left it until I got to like 150,000 and I was like, we're on TikTok. <laughs> um, yes. And then from there, like now I look at my comments and when I go live, like I, there's like, I've got one video with like 30 million views on it and I like go on live and I'm like, how old's everyone? And everyone's like 30, 21, 25. So the audience has just grown. And now there's like, I actually think TikTok's more valuable than Instagram because you can, you've got 30 seconds. Like, there's a lot more you can do than just Instagram's turned into this very just straight up boring. Like you can just scroll and have nothing like mindless scrolling where you go on a TikTok, you've got comedy, you've got people giving value. If it's comedy, if it's tips, if it's life hacks, if it's something like that, they can do a lot more in like 15 to 30 second videos. So yeah, my exactly best advice right. summing that up is build a following on TikTok, go hard on that, whatever niche you are really niche it down. Like I'm going to keep saying niche over again because like when I had that fitness niche, funnily enough, when I was like doing one-on-one PTs, I was 80% of my clients were gay. So I was down Mm. that track being like a young pretty boy doing PT. I got like two gay clients and where I lived in Mount Macedon, huge gay. um, Like there was a lot, a lot of gay, gay people living there. So they all talk to their friends and they've got their huge connection, which then, booked me out and made me a full-time PT in that community really, really fast. Um, so it's the same with knowing your audience, knowing who you're going to reach out to. I knew say with that younger audience is what type of content I'm living now. I've got a lot of followers in the age of anywhere from 10 to 
25. So I'm kind of doing that kind of thing where it's mostly like comedy that I run on. If you haven't seen my TikTok, it's mostly comedy where I'm doing like um, stuff with Jess, with my girlfriend, doing backflips, doing all of that kind of really lighthearted stuff. And then what I put on my TikTok, if you want fitness tips, go to my Instagram. That's how I build my Instagram. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So you kind of have the different sort of sections of content for uh, the different sort of platforms, which is an awesome And it's using tip. your strengths with that content. So like I'm super dyslexic, super like really bad at writing. Like any of my Instagram captions have to get checked over by my girlfriend um, just to make sure everything because I do voice to text with all my clients, voice note all my clients. Um, because it's not my strength. I'm really bad spelling, really bad typing, but audio, I can talk for days video. I can edit and create as much content. So I'm really like TikTok's a strength for me versus podcasts is a strength for me. Um, photos are a strength for me, but if I'm doing like, I'm not going to focus on blogs or LinkedIn or something that isn't going to be a major strength. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. So let's take it back to, you're 22, you're competing, you're, you're building your social media platforms, you're building your online coaching platforms. And how did you sort of build, you know, all these different things into a really good career where you can sustain, you know, a good amount of income and you can really live off, you know, your dream, which is, you know, coaching and, and doing that stuff. So is it, is it, does it come down to like, um, obviously like multiple sort of income, streams uh that you have going for you because for me you know i made the common mistake of only relying on one income stream which was my obviously my one-on-one pt business and uh you know when that goes down then you kind of left with well you screwed so how did you sort of go about building these sort of you know multiple income streams in your business to make it sort of sustainable yeah accidentally Um, so I remember competing after I was competing just as I was coming to the end of my like face to face bodybuilding, I had a guy reach out to me, um, who saw me on stage, competed with me on stage. He goes, I want you to online coach me. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do that. How the hell am I going to do that? So I was like, cool. This is my price. I have no idea what I'm going to do. So then it's like, learn go do as much as you can build the processes, build the backbone. How am I going to get this out? And it kind of like kicked me in the ass to be like, all right, taking it on. Now I've got to perform. And like for me, business wise, I hold myself to the highest standard where it's the same with training. Like you'll find that these people that have crazy physiques and all of that, it's a part of what everything they do. If they're going to go and train and keep that mentality, it's going to go out to other, like they're going to do that when they, build businesses they're going to do that and other things of their life that you really kind of push take everything and hold it really really high so that plus being competitive is my two two strengths so from there i was like cool we'll try and do it through this and then it like i was lucky that he he he, like i took on like two clients then that just from word of mouth and they were super flexible like the things i was doing then it's like really clunky um like facebook wasn't up and running as much as that i had a website i was trying to reinvent the wheel made a shit ton of mistakes um uh, but they were they were super chilled and i think it was because i was doing a lot of voice stuff to them as well and like creating videos and things like that um which we can go into the processes a little bit later on like the actual physical what you like what how we how we built it um 
And yeah, I had heaps of ideas that are lucky I didn't do because it would have cost money and took a lot of time. Um, but I just simplified it and made it as simple as I could. Um, and then just learned from my mistakes through there. Um, so yeah, it was super accident getting into online coaching from there. I think, um, I was quite lucky with the first four people I think I took on for online coaching. Three of them won the overall title. Um, that were all competing. So from that, it just exploded within, I think I'd know this is when I moved to the other town. I had no other choice, but to succeed. So I put my all, like I, there was no plan B. There was no other option that I had. I had to go all in on this, um, online coaching and then it finished. Um, and then word of mouth, word of mouth has always been the same strength. Same with my PT is just, um, started to get out. People saw it. I was running as much, doing as much free time, um, with the ICN shows running like marshalling stuff and volunteering for things like that, doing like trophies. So people start to know my name within just the ICN niche. Um, and then from there, it just, yeah, people, my people from Instagram saw my transformations or the people on stage and then saw me on stage. I competed 10 times in 12 in 12 months. So like I spent a whole year in peak week, just doing show after show and then just, like recording it, recording it, getting photos. So I just was known as that shredded dude, always lean and always doing shows. And I was at every single show in Victoria for that 12 months. So I just met everyone. Um, and then from there, that next year after that, I think that's where a lot of people like I did, I was like quite successful with the competing and um, people were inspired from it and then took on coaching. And then my clients started to do well um, from there. And like, it was just learning through those clients, taking those, I was lucky that I had such chilled clients at the start, which I could test little things out on. Cause I had no freaking idea. I was like, well, I hear about this, this, let's just try this out and give this a go. And it worked. Some things didn't work. Um, so I was lucky that they were super flexible, but um, then just time after time is just, you just refine it and get better and get better and get better. Um, and then, yeah, now it is, is what it is today um, with multiple income streams is like, I guess I've got the flexibility of if Victoria did shut down, like funnily enough, like with nowhere to lie at the moment, this is the like busiest I've been. This is, I'm pulling in some of the highest numbers, like um, uh, <clears throat> highest numbers from the first lockdown than I ever have. Just because I think this is almost like that new year's resolution that a lot of people just didn't do anything over the first lockdown and then like put on a lot of weight. And so my lifestyle clients just skyrocketed. Um, so yeah, I'm sitting at some really good numbers and doing a lot of education on how to train at home, how to keep motivated at home. Um, so I'm changing my scope up from the gym and doing things like that. Then from there, I introduced from comp prep, comp prep and lifestyle clients. So that's two different streams again, because in the end you might have 30 going for a VIX comp and then the comp ends and you've got no one and you just lose 30 clients overnight. So that's when I have my lifestyle clients that are on a cheaper rate and I'm not going to be as strict as a comp prep. It's more just the people that, uh, that would get your average PT in the average gym for them. It's like the same price as one PT a week. And I'm constantly going to be there being able to answer their questions, talk to them, give them plans, change nutrition, do all those types of things. So it's a really good deal for them. Um, and from that, like I've had mass transformations without comp prep, just on the lifestyle side. Um, and then the biggest thing I found is other States I'll travel to when I can is I'll go to all the other States. So I'll try, even if I have one client in WA or one client in South Australia, I'll go there 
just to meet people. Oh, yeah. People see you there as well. And they're like, oh, that's Jake. Like, cool. I'll, I'll go and like, it's funny because like the first time I ever went to Adelaide, um, I could just see like, people look at you because Adelaide's such a weird town because it is like a big country town and I love it. So everyone's like looking at me and I'm just like, and, but no one like kind of says hello to you. So yeah. I just notice people look and I'll just walk up and be like, Hey man, how are you? Oh, what you, uh, how are you doing? Like, like, like I did with my first show legit and people just, and then from there I built an Adelaide crowd. Um, and I had like 10 dudes in Adelaide. Um, and then they did well. So it's just built from there. I do quite well in Western Australia. I fly to, um, New South Wales, have, have a big crew over there. Um, and then, so I'm in it late, done all the States as well. So, and that's just another thing, like we said before, is you just got to be in front of people. You've got to be everywhere. Um, if this is what, what you want to do and just really, really take the time to go out and like almost volunteer time, um, where like, then the, the funniest thing is, is like, this was the biggest hack is because I knew all the marshals when you asked which uh, means that what they do is they grab all the competitors and put them backstage. Um, and I worked as volunteering with ICN. I knew all the staff. So then the funniest thing is like no coaches are allowed backstage, but I knew all the marshals. So I went backstage and um, they would let me, that me as the only coach as a pro athlete be backstage. And so everyone's pumping up by themselves, freaking out, watching me pump up my client. And I'm just like in yeah. a sick vibe, hyped as like, come on, we got this, go. And they're like just having fun. And then like I can see, like I'll look at the people next to them and they're looking like nervous as fuck. I'm like, are you nervous? High fives, like get out the nerves. And then like as they go on stage, that's something they remember. Then they're like, who? And I've got my like Able Fitness logo shirt on. They're like, and then they resonate with the brand. So yeah. it's again, with as we talked about branding on, branding is social media. Like social media is... Funnily enough, I've never been asked for any credentials, like fitness credentials at all. It's yeah. people just go because they're like, well, I've got a reputation now. And that reputation comes from, okay, you've got these people following you. You've got this here. They're seeing results here. So that's reputation. Branding is like, I think too many people like I, I see that they make super mistakes when they go into online coaching and online that is they're selling. They are straight up selling straight away buy my e-plan buy this buy this and there's no branding where if your branding's good enough it is selling that's how you're going to get clients is people will remember like that yeah. time where i'm pumping up they're just like god that oh, like that who, who's that guy oh able fitness oh, okay we'll look him up oh wow he's got this many these are all his clients oh cool and then it's like I'm, i want to do another show they're going to come to you as a recommendation so exactly. To be honest, like a lot of my stuff is like, I'll focus so hard on the branding, so hard on giving value, so hard on like my clients and having fun and talking to people that I haven't had to sell. Like I put the odd post up where I'm just like, Hey, I'm doing this or I'm doing this. And I like that. If I put up a thing that I'm like, Hey, I'm taking on season A clients, write your name in the box. I'll get 15 people write their name in the box and I just hit them up and convert like 99% convert rate. Um, and then I'm full. So it's That's like, awesome, um, That's cool. I think if you, yeah, I think the biggest thing to take out of that, if you brand as hard as you can, then you, to your strengths, that's going to sell for you where I've seen like yeah. people take that advice and then take it to like, they're doing like 40 different branding, but it's really, they're selling. They're just yeah. like talking this about, Oh, well, if you come and coach with, no, you gotta, you gotta be there giving that value. Um, and then it's, yeah. And then the other thing on the other half is just get results. Like 
take on like five, if you're going to do again, niche, if you're going to take on, you want to let, let's use bodybuilding. For example, my first five clients were free. Like I didn't, didn't, didn't charge him to coach. So that was like, I was like, look, we're going to play with a few things and they did well. So then that's the branding. Then I can start charging. So it's like, you can't go in and just be like, I'm a hundred dollars a week for coaching and let's do it. And you're not going to go very far from there. So like it's taking on, on taking those hard times, bringing in those clients in for free and then use it. Like if, if you wanted to go, let's use my gay clients again. I give one of the, I want to break into that niche. I'll, I'll coach two of them for free. Then they can talk to their friends. You can talk to any type of niche, get into it. But I think like that's one thing people miss is they don't know who the hell they're producing content for. And it's just so widespread that they're just like word vomit about everything everywhere. And it's not laser focused on something. Yeah, exactly, man. And I definitely feel like I've been caught up in that sort of stage where you're just trying to sell your sort of um, your programs or whatever, well, where you've got to really that, focus on switching your thinking to just providing value. Yeah. And when you try and sell too much, it leaves that bad taste in your mouth as Australians. Like even it's funny. Cause like with sell you call, we get Americans reps over and I talk to them about how they promote. We can't promote like we pro they promote in America where they're like, Hey, this is the best product ever. Have this and jam it down your throat. Does not work here. Like, Wolf of Wall Street does not work in Australia because people will call you out and you're bullshit. Um, so I think like when, if you are constantly every single post being like, like everyone's had that herb life or freaking Arbon or someone try and jam stuff like straight away. If they do that to Australians, they're like, Bleh, don't like that person. Straight away, you'll, that's anti-rep. That's not great. That's going to actually bring your brand down. Um, and I see it. Like I have friends and all that that, smash it out and i don't like it's just wasteful either that or just rubbish content rubbish content that's just trying to put a sell out or trying to sell this or trying to sell this um and it's like in the end it's yeah it's not it's not going to happen and i don't think them as coaches are going to be like the greatest thing ever and really like i started this business like straight away like knew in the back of my head like you could be the best pt in the world but if you do not know how to sell, you're not seeing anyone. So no matter how good of a fitness trainer you are, everyone's going to need to have sales mind in their back of their head. Like you should be salesman first and then whatever comes second always because without going down that track, like it's, you're just relying on luck. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. So Let's let's switch over to a little bit of um sort of your your lifestyle now, man, being an online coach, because I know we've all had, you know, crappy jobs that we've hated. And uh now that you're sort of, you know, this super successful online PT, I've been able to see you, you know, have a little bit of freedom and you've been able to travel the world, haven't you? Um, and still be, you know, working on your business and, and growing your business. So yeah. Yeah, how do you sort of approach your your lifestyle at the moment, man? So, my lifestyle is good. It's super flexible. Um, it's very different to what I was doing PT, grind to grind, hour shifts. Like, I only did an hour session, not the forty-five. Where then you have blocks waiting in between, trying to get your meals in, trying to get all this. Always in the same gym. 
saying the same thing 10 times to every single client. Um, and that's where I think like lifestyle for me, I've, I've never done well in like working under people. So I think that's where like I, in the end, the buck stops at me. So like if I fuck up that I take that on a hundred percent. So it's not like I don't have excuses and like people, to be honest, like this lifestyle is not for everyone as well. Like if you're going to create creating excuses and things like that, you're like, Oh, well it was a crazy client. Customer's always right. You got to learn like these are little things I learned from working from other people as well. Um, because in the end, everything relies on me. I'm my own boss. I've just bought a house. I got to make sure those payments are coming through. Um, there's other stresses as well. Yes, it is very different. Like I think everyone sees a glamorous life when it comes to online coaching. And I think like this is a phase that I've seen a lot of people try and convert very quickly into online coaching from PT. Um, and like, not like I was talking to a very successful um, enterprise coach, Liam Fitzgerald. And he's like one of the, he's very, very good in the ICN as well. And he pretty much straight up says, he's like, I can't do online. He's like, it's not me. It's just, I like being there face to face, yelling him through. Um, so some people can do it. Some people are not. You ha like, I'm very good with technology, very good at thinking four steps ahead before it does happen because something like this happens. Um, I've been waiting for in, in the end, like this whole, whole Corona thing. I, I, I've been waiting for this for years because in the end, it, all my clients can leave me tomorrow and I've got nothing. So I'll, I've pre-planned that and put processes in, in case if that happens. Um, so running your own business is, yeah, definitely at the start, it's very costly because you've got nothing else. And so this is actually a perfect time to start a business if you've got nothing so you can fully focus on something. Um, but yeah, then build building it up from that. Um, but yeah, the, I think like a lot of people look at this lifestyle and look at kind of what I'm doing and they see my highlights on Instagram and things like that and thinking, God, it's a good life. And yes, it is, but it doesn't come without a hell of a lot of work. For 12 months, I was in peak week for legit 12 months, um, competing and doing all those type of things as well. And that was branding for me. And it wasn't only branding, I was learning. I was learning different processes. Every show I carved up differently. I tried different things out that I was going to try on clients. Um, I always have this like saying in the back of my own head, which I will test things 12 months before I give it to a client. So if I'm doing a show, I, I compete, well, other than this, like the last few years, I've competed every single year. So I'll try something different. And then if it works, that's when I'm going to try it onto the clients that have similar muscle mass, similar condition, all of those type of things. Um, so it's just like trial, trial and error for, on myself. And I've always been working on that. Um, day to day things, it's, it's really good because my girlfriend's a nurse. She works split shifts. So something like that is I can have the mornings off, go do something, be activity. Then when she has works during the night and late at night, I can go and do my work. Um, but the thing is, is like, I think I'm lucky that, yeah, I can still go and travel, but what people don't think is like my girlfriend clocks off. I don't clock off. I get a message. Like I look at my phone right now and I have 18 messages from my clients and I'm going to have to hit uh, yeah. from this hour. So it's like, yeah, it does look good, but I'm working when on my time, but I'm still going, going hard. It's like, I probably do the same amount of hours that I did as a PT um, because I'm still trying to give my value to all my clients. Um, you can't just kind of ignore that because in the end, if you, you can focus on your branding, you can focus on this, but if you're not focusing on your own clients, well, you're going to be losing them as quick as you're gaining them. Um, and yeah. then that's going to give you again, a negative 
type of uh, like thing. I have a very clear process with my clients and I'm like, if I'm doing something shit, tell me. Like I like to, like a very clear communication when we are online. Um, I've had clients straight away saying I'm struggling, called them straight away. They're broken into tears. And I was like, like work, work it out there. I'm right there with them the whole, whole time. Um, so it is like the whole entrepreneur lifestyle that is promoted by like quite a lot of people isn't as glamorous as like a lot of people think there's a lot of stresses on the back of it. It, it, Again, it's not for everyone. Um, but yeah, it's just like everything. It does have ebbs and flows and like you have, like you go around Christmas, you're not going to have a lot of, a lot of, you have to kind of work out pre budget into Christmas. You've got to deal with your own taxes. You've got to do all these other things as well. Um, to make it successful. And I think the biggest thing that to, to take out of it um, for value is like, I got to think six months ahead. So I got to have my clients pretty much lined up, pre-lined up um, and have the, my processes in, in for six months. Um, so reach out to old clients and do all this and have like, I've got this whole sticky notes of all these things I've got to do and reach out and constantly be that person tapping on the shoulder being like, Hey, what's going on? Just checking in. Um, seeing what's up and are you going to get on stage again or has this weight loss going since you dropped off and um, constantly, yeah, branding, branding, branding. Cause you're not in like a, when you are a PT, your clients are already there. You can just go, you, 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 and put a poster on the wall and hope they come to you. You can't do that when you're online. So yeah, to keep sustainable um, is definitely, you, you got to be good at your craft and you got to kind of work it out. And again, it doesn't happen overnight. It's just grinding, working on processes, Things like I'll try and interact with my clients. Say if I have 60 to 70 clients, I'll try and interact with every single one of them every day in yeah. some, some form. And that's just like, in, in the end, I could do like, this is where I got a lot smarter along the line. I run a live video in my group. Bang, I can hit them all out. Open questionnaires. They can post straight into that and I can reply straight to them. I can do all these type of things where I can be on podcasts, refer podcasts in there, put in this, do that, send videos and voice notes as for me, voice notes quicker than typing. So I can just go bang, 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 bang. Um, just to, yeah, try and be interactive with as many as you can. Um, but yeah, with a lot of that work, it's like with any other job, you might incur holiday pay. You might incur all of this where it's just not going to happen on this lifestyle. So it's like I was in India um, freaking out because I couldn't get Wi-Fi, And I was like, if I don't get Wi-Fi, I had 24 hours without Wi-Fi. So it's like, if I don't have internet, AbleFit's dead. Um, Philippines was a bit like that where it's just like, I was gone for 24 hours and like I catch up and that's a whole day of work that I miss out on. So it's like, well, there goes your holiday. So yeah, there, there is, is ebbs and flows. And that's why I like keep everyone, try and keep everyone quite humble with uh, when, when that question does come up because they do see like all the highlight reels of, a lot of the entrepreneurial stuff and things like that. But in the end, the buck stops at you and you got to make sure that in the end, everything's going to be coming in for you. And then on the other half of it, you do have flexibility. You do have that when this whole world's gone to hell. Um, randomly, like a lot of jobs that were secure or were um, very safe, are not safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything's sort of been flipped on its head for the last couple of months. So, um, where do you sort of see the industry moving in the future? Yeah. So this one's an interesting one. Like this is something again, I've been pondering on like how I say I'm six months ahead. I'm kind of almost thinking about like how many people have bought gyms and 
I'm watching Instagram stories of how many people have home gyms, home setups, um, and then how many people are going to return to the gym. And like in the end, I went through the same things that like the gym's awesome because you've got the people around you. You need people to look at you to achieve your goals because when you're at home, it's too easy to be like, ah, no, I'm just going to have an easier session. I think like that, like I'm a, like a touch believer in like the whole, um, like vibes connection that we're all interconnected with in each other. So when you're surrounded by people at a festival uh, in the gym, like it, it's going to add to that experience. So that's why I think like, Gyms aren't going to go anywhere, but there's going to be a lot of people that have a lot of home stuff. So maybe they're not going to rely on gyms as much. I think like, like I'd said in this, the last podcast with uh, Zcat is this supplement, supplement industry is changing. Um, in, influencer marketing is changing. Um, people are going to be less likely to, after all this is to going to work in an office. They're going to be working from home. They're going to be doing that. Knowing the current state of where it's going is then going to change my mind on how I'm going to market and how I'm going to create research for things like those types of people. Um, maybe like if you're, for an example, like putting a billboard in the CBD and then the CBD numbers drop, uh, it's probably not going to be the best form of advertisement for something else. Um, word of mouth might not be as strong. You might not connect with as many people. Um, so it's just doing little things like that. Um, the industry on the whole is like, I can't see it dropping anywhere. I think this is going to be again, a new year's resolution like three times because people are just going to lose it over ISO, have to come back, redo this, push this. The comps are going to are struggling at the moment. Like they've only had one show this year because they've all completely canceled. So, but there are a hell of a lot of people that want to compete. So I think, um, I think competing fitness is going to continue to grow. It's we're learning more about it. Where it's going is down again. I'm going to say the word is niche avenues. Like if you want to do F45, it's going to go down that route. Spin classes, you go down that route. General gym down that route. Powerlifting or powerlifting gym. So what I've noticed in the last five years is the niches like getting fitness is getting super like, Instead of you just go to the gym, one-stop shop, like not many gyms do group fitness anymore. So it's making sure like if they're going down all their, their type of things, you're doing the same with your coaching. If you're doing F45 or something like that. Um, but in the end, it's just showing, showing that it's going to be huge growth in the end. It's like, we've got for health reasons in the end, it's going to be, you're going to like longevity. There's more people maybe after this whole Corona thing going to be more careful on their health not going to look after what they eat, not going to start smashing on a heap of fat food or it could go the other way. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I think people are, are, are going to overall get healthier. Maybe not as like freakishly as like the bodybuilding side, but um, just more and more people like our generation or, or even generationally, not even from Corona. I think like our generation anywhere, if you're in between the age of like 18 and maybe let's say 30, we're a lot fitter than the 40 to 50s. Um, nutrition is going to be a hell of a lot better than the 40s and 50s. And we have the education. Like I talked to my parents about nutrition and they've been in the fitness industry for so long. And it's just like, even some of the things they say, you're like, what in the hell? Um, where the hell have you got that from? So yeah, there's a lot more information out there now. And I think it's only going to grow. It's just working out what's going to come, like what different platforms over the next five years you've got, um, from, um, 
from like using things now that you're seeing like uh, heaps of people doing like online Zoom classes, a lot of those type of things from your home that are more like Pilates type of things. Um, so it's, it, it's work, working with strengths again, working what you are. Once we get virtual reality and things go down that track, I think that's going to change the game again. Um, where like, why would you go and hire your local PT when you can have your idol PTing you in like real AI virtual reality? So it's like, it could could be a uh, cool cool environment, but again, you're gonna have to be one step ahead. What I'm thinking about now is like futuristic. On all right, cool. I'm coming up to I'm twenty. What am I? Twenty six now? Or twenty no twenty seven. So twenty seven. Am I going to be doing this in forty, forty five, fifty? Like there are plenty of coaches that age that are doing it. But what's the coaching going to look like? What's bodybuilding going to look like? How many divisions? How many people? Is it going to get bigger or smaller? So it's like. For me, this is my lifestyle. This is what I do in my livelihood. It's balancing like all, all for the future, like I did when I was 18, 17, 16, uh, when no one, ha no one had any idea what online coaching was. It's just always being a few steps ahead. Yeah, exactly right, man. And moving into sort of the future and where sort of you see yourself and your sort of goals, do you see yourself? Because what I sort of picture is, you know, you've got this sort of online business, which you, you know, build up and you make it successful, but then you sort of, um, you know, you start investing into other different businesses and stuff like that. Like, do you see yourself, you know, investing into, you know, your own gym, your own sort of clothing line, your own supplement line, where do you sort of see yourself moving into the future? Yeah. So this is something else we can touch on is like, um, the amount of clothing lines that have started up in the last like six months. Um, and I've had quite, quite a lot reach out to me. Um, that seems like the growing trend. And this has like happened the whole time. Like everyone was a DJ at one point, all those turned into PTs at one point, then they all started their own clothing line. Um, so it's, again, you're not going to start a clothing line. If you have no idea about clothes, if you have no idea about fashion, if you like, you're not going to compete with the top of the top for that. Plus like looking at it on a business scale is like how often, like uh, maybe I'm a bit different cause I haven't bought clothes in over two years, but how often is someone buying clothes? Like once you buy clothes, you're not going to buy the same amount of clothes all the time. So it's a hard business. Um, so like for me, when I look in the future, anything I get deal with and get involved with is going to take similar time or less time than what I currently do. So it's going to be like, there's no point in me opening a gym that I'm going to have to go and sit at a desk at that gym and it's going to take away from my main business um, and be actually have to be somewhere locked in somewhere where I'll look down the track now because I have like, like working with companies that I work well with. So something like nutrition companies, sub companies, well, I work, work for sub companies. I do a lot of uh, like uh, advertisement and things for, for different types of sub companies under Cellucor as well. So like, if I was going to start something, it would be something like that where I'd go, okay, I'm going to go co-partners in a sub company, which I'm already promoting. So then I'm like, well, we can cut that out, cut, cut my costs out from there and then get equity in something like that. Um, sub companies, social media coaching, um, building business type, type of things. I'm looking like Bali retreats I've been playing with for so long on just like post comp Bali retreats, pre comp Bali retreats, business building Bali retreats, things like that, um, which I can, yeah, just, just balance little things like that where you can go and like learn the tools 
to then go and add to your life. Like you're not going to go and get fit at a Bali retreat in a week, but you can go and learn, get the tool kit to then apply to the rest of your life. Um, doing things like that. I think like I've always been playing with since the age of like 20. Um, so yeah, do like it's ha- having those type of things where it's not going to be a like pullback on me. A at the moment, I don't pay, pay like any rent for my business. All I can, I work with just a laptop. I've got no overheads. Everything runs on like the only overheads I do and like what I can claim on is like a lot of my flights to shows and things like that. So it's a bit silly for me to go and go into a shitload of debt to open a gym where I've got a shitload of overheads. I've got to pay for electricity. I've got to pay for all these different types of things where it's like my businesses I run are super low startups and like pretty good profit back. Um, so I'd rather run something like that. Um, and then help, like I've helped gyms start up different PT stuff, just, just with my knowledge of gyms, knowledge of people, how I interact with people. I'll go into, I worked with the gym in Williamstown where I just walk into the gym and just be like, all right, this is what's wrong. This, 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 um, we need to get this because like they brought me in because PTs weren't getting clients. So it's like, all right, we'll run it this way and build it up this way. Um, so yeah, before all this, I wanted to go up to Queensland and go help a gym out up there for a six month contract. So doing little things like that is like worth my time. Um, but yeah, I think like in the ends, able fit is where I'm at. And really like I can scale that in the end is like working on scaling that upwards in, you only have, only have so many hours in the day as a one-on-one face-to-face PT that you give that one person an hour where on an online business, it's a lot more scalable where you can scale upwards from that. Um, but yeah, I think I've only seen a few like business models that are scalable as one of face-to-face PT, but yeah, it's a lot easier online. Yeah. See, that's awesome. Cause what I can sort of see you going into is more of the, the sort of business coaching yeah um sort of route because that's a really good transition from like one-on-one pt over to the business coaching especially when you've got all that knowledge and experience to um, yeah and the biggest thing like, other people is holding your values as well like supply and demand when it comes to businessing supply and demand cool we've got like i i saw a lot of a big hole in the market with online coaching now it's like it's getting more and more popular now that I'm seeing this whole hole in like incompetent coaching in people that have no idea what they're coaching or they're really good coaches and they don't know how to set up their, the back backside of it, how to build, what forms to do, what, how to like the processes on how to actually get someone and reach out to them and do a lot of things like that. So that, that's, I think the next thing that I've been toying with over the last month um, with COVID is yeah, definitely taking on clients and doing the same as I would with, health and fitness and getting nutritions and check-ins and that exact same on their business and giving them the foundations and the scaffolding to build their business around. And, um, and then like the competency of you're not going to do the like mistakes other coaches make and things like that. And then bringing success through that way, plus using it off the, off the back of like what one of the best coaching, uh, one of the best competing teams, um, in Australia. Yeah, exactly. And that's definitely something that like as a consumer, as a customer, I would be interested in doing because, you know, that's, that's where I'm at in my, you know, business and my career right now Mm. is I've, you know, got a a rough idea of how everything works, but you know, not, not a clear idea. So it's definitely something um, that, you know, would be very beneficial to me and a lot of other people. So that's awesome, man. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
Yeah, so that sort of brings me on to the next thing, which is I don't want you to share, you know, all your, you know, secrets and stuff, but how does your sort of online coaching business work sort of step by step? Say if I was a client wanting to, you know, sign up to you as an online coach, how do you as a coach sort of take that client through the process? Yeah. So processes are, okay, you've got your branding strong, you've got your selling, you're getting a few handful of people, maybe even in your local community, want to take a few online. Um, So number one, build community. Straight away, it's going to make your job a hell of a lot easier because maybe those people, if they are struggling, can reach out to each other. And then they're all in it together as well. You're more likely going to get stronger goals, better success with a community. Um, Plus, then like you might say it one way, someone else might say it another. So then that's going to build a community as well. That's where like something with my guys, I have a community of like a hundred now and I sponsor four athletes and they're, they're very good athletes and they're going to help me as well filter through everything and communicate and all of those types of things. Cause people reach out to them as well. And they're like super inspirational. So that's again, me putting out like sponsorships and free coaching on that side that they're going to help me. It's a two way street. Same with the, uh, when we're talking about like sponsorships and things like that um, with companies. So yeah, doing sponsor, sponsor stuff like that. Um, build the community. Second thing, take down the coaching. <clears throat> Once you kind of, you really probably like my biggest advice for anyone going down that is find your niche, do it for free. Learn as much as you can from that. Learn from your mistakes, build it up, make things smooth. Be able to have in the back of your mind scalability. So if you're got you like you have a hundred clients, you're not going to be able to reach out to every that all of them every week. So it's creating processes within your own business on okay, this is what we're going to do. Create a list here. We're going to bang, 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 bang. This is what we do for today. This is what we do for Tuesday. This is what we do for a Wednesday. This is what we're going to do for Thursday each and every day. Um, where you're going to reach it out and it needs to be not taking up a lot of your time either. So really your time bound. So using things like, like the biggest thing I get is like funnily enough is like people like, what's your website? And I was like, what? Like don't have one. I had one once shut it down after six months. And it's like, why'd you do that? And it's like, well, what, like how many websites have you been on in the last month? Probably like four, Facebook, Instagram, um, so all social media, maybe YouTube, like other than that, maybe the news, but other than that, you're not looking for websites for business. So I can, you can click message on Instagram message on Facebook message on this. That's going to go straight to me. Why do I need a website to do that? And then like some people would be like, Oh, it's prove that you're, quality and I'm like, well, I've got a hundred thousand followers. That's, and look at all my, I just like scroll down my Insta feed. That's going to give me, um, your quality, quality control. So, um, that's where like, so I, I, I delete my website straight away. It wasn't getting any traction and like, I just found it as a middleman. Why have a middleman in between me? Where are they going from my Instagram to my website to me? So I was like, cut that out, cut the middleman. They go straight to me into Instagram. I flip them to Facebook. Everyone's got Facebook and it's messenger as well. So I run everything through messenger. Why reinvent the wheel in the back of my, when I first started, I was like, cool, I'm going to have my own Facebook, have my, Oh, everyone has their own profiles. They can share things. It's going to probably cost me a hundred thousand to build this platform. Everyone has an app. Facebook's there. It's free. 
why would I need to invent something? And then I was just like, well, all right, let's use that groups on Facebook. I learned that I could do like live videos and things like that. So I was like, well, Facebook are doing it better. Why am I going to re reinvent the wheel? So st I was like, stuff that we'll run it all through Facebook. Um, you can add PDFs there. You can add their plans in, you can add their nutrition plans. You can put their training plans all through that. Um, on the side, I've dabbled around with uh, apps and pl platforms. I've got like training platforms where they can view all the video of me doing all that as well. Still, Facebook work worked a lot better. So like once COVID came in, I kind of cut back on that because it's a cost. I can bring my business back to a, like a super small scale, like um, without any expenses just to see what happens with this whole COVID. And like, to be honest, it's doing just as well. So like that's where you can just test, test the waters with other things as well. Um, when your business is starting to get a bit of success. So then what else? Facebook, I run that through their processes. They'll come to me, convert to Facebook. Even if they don't have Facebook that you can just use messenger. So for them from messenger, um, I'll create all of my clients have their own folder on my computer. And then I can time that into like you can sort it by last updated. So then that gives me a chronological order of when I last updated plans, when I talked to them, all of those type of things. So it's creating processes that I'm not fucking around with like, Hey, have I talked to that person? When's their last plan? How long here? It's just like you're making ease with technology and it's doing it all for you. Um, and then from there, um, updating plans is just through their PDFs straight in the Facebook doing things like that. Um, and then, yeah, and then everything's in the one spot from payments to um, where all my clients are. I Like, it's funny. I don't think many people actually use Facebook anymore for, like, talking to their friends and stuff. Um, so, Facebook's just yeah, business for me. Yeah, so it's just almost turned it, turned it on. That like, And the other thing is, is, like, yeah, I'll go into that later. But, um, so, yeah, and, and then, like, so I'll only have notifications on on my messenger. And the other thing, like, I found, because, like, some coaches do correspondent through email. If I send you an email, how often do you check your emails? How often are you going to get a reply? So that's where I thought, all right, messenger, cool. People are in that like quick chat. If I like, if someone sends me a message, I'm quick chat back. They'll quick chat back to me. So where like, like if you could run through email or something, that's going to be a lot slower. Um, and you have to do a lot more click buttons. So plus the added like Facebook with added voice notes, videos, like screenshots of photos and things like that. and just makes life a lot easier. So that's like the backbone of how I run and operate through coaching. Um, and then from there, it's just working out like as a coach, how you're going to run it through macros, through um, whatever coaching methods that you do use. Um, and then again, it's just, yeah, like living and breathing and making sure that you do get your results and you practice what you preach hundred um, percent. You can't be a client that's, out there and I see coaches all the freaking time. What they'll do is they'll be like, cool. Yes. Eat clean, stay consistent. And then you look at their Instagram and it's the weekend. They got like donuts and Maccas and this, and you're like, well, how can you preach this and then be doing this on your Instagram? Biggest, another tip for Instagram while I'm on that topic and it come to me is it's like, you'll never, ever, ever, you won't be able to find any drop of alcohol on my stories, feed, anything like down that, like I very, very rarely drink, but if I do <laughs> do drink over new year's of that, I'm not going to be putting up stories on that, on a business page. There's a very big difference between running a business page and a personal page. Um, I don't even have a personal page because it's just 
going to be flat out business. So it goes back to that practice what you preach. Um, you don't want to be doing things that you're going to be like, okay, I'm giving my clients something that I'll never do myself. And every single plan that I've ever sent out to my clients, I have done worse. And I know exactly how it feels. Like I was stupidly, like this is one thing I learned when I did those 10 shows. I was on 1200 calories eating three meals of fish and nothing but baby spinach and fish, one monster and a protein shake a day. And that was it, 1200 calories. One, one my fitness pro card from it, but not the greatest. I learned that's not the easiest way to do it. So I can even like respond to my, my bikini girls eat more than what I have had then. So it's like, whatever, whatever a lot of those do's are like, that's where I lead from the front with my team um, coaching wise. And that's where I say lead from the front I've won a lot of shows. I'll do all that. I've been exactly, I'm not going to be telling you to do something that I've never done myself. That's awesome, man. And that's, that's insane. So just to sort of finish off, yeah. what would sort of be your three main tips to your younger self just starting out? to fast track where you were then to where you are now? Yeah, that's a hard one because I think like in the end, like I did, so to give you a little bit of a background, I did education degree as well while doing all these comps, um, a four year education degree and I dropped out in my fourth year. So in the end it was all for, technically for nothing, but it wasn't for nothing because I learned a hell of a lot more through like a lot of those like classes that I did drop in it. Like my whole passion was bodybuilding. Like when I was doing that whole education, I was like, why I was making more money at that uni online during that than I would as a teacher. So I was like, not really focused on it. And then I just got to the point where I was like, meh, they wanted me to do a four month prac where I couldn't do that online. So I was like, no, nah, fitness is going to be my main thing. But I learned a lot through that and I knew what I didn't want to do. Plus I learned, a lot of psychology stuff, health stuff, things that I built on, on my fitness um, from like something like education, um, doing that, a lot of business stuff as well. So take that on board. I learned a lot from those spin classes, a lot from my one-on-one -on -one PTs is pretty much where I learned everything. I didn't learn shit from my like diploma in fitness. I learned mostly from practical, working with my clients, testing things out. Um, so like that fact of fast tracking it, I just, don't think to be where I am now and like what I know now and all of those type of things, I don't think I could have fast tracked it because it's like you almost got to take, take each step and learn from each step where if I skipped it, I'd, I'd have like, you look at a lot of these PTs that do their, like no offense to a lot of the PTs that they're short. I call them cereal box PTs. They get their qualifications out of a cereal box and it's like, cool. You've got your learner plate now to in the industry. You're allowed to PT. Now what? Like this is only the start. You're only on your le learners. So now you've got to go and apply it and learn out and listen to this person and talk to this person and build practical experience with one-on-one -on -one clients and learning how to communicate with different types of personalities and things like that. And all the way from like working as a lifeguard, I, 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 it's almost been foundation of building and building and building. So now I'm in situations where... I pretty much like go to expos and th I've, I've been asked every question before as well. Like I, like I'm almost relearning now is like how to tap into that. Like I'm being asked that question for the first time because it's just, 
it's the same as when you PT a client. It's just recycle and repeat, recycle and repeat, recycle and repeat. Um, so yeah, that's where like I love this platform of podcasting because I can just be like, go and listen to this podcast, go and listen to this podcast. Um, so so when you rec- can record it, so like the biggest thing to take out of that is like, don't try and fast speed anything up. Like any like and I've tried it. Like I've, I've done it as well. Like I had this stupid thing like like 12 months ago that I'm like, I'm going to start shares. I'm going to start drop shipping. I'm going to invest in Bitcoin and all of this kind of crap that it's like, you're focusing more on that than what you are doing. Like you're, you're already just scale on what you know, work on your strengths. Don't worry about those other things. That, if it sounds like quick cash, it a hundred percent is, and it's not going to be successful. Like there are all people that are going to hit you up with like business ideas and what partnership in this and if it sounds too good to be true, 100% of the time it is. Um, so, like, yeah. I'm a super, super big on, like, making sure that you, when you're going down the track, it's like, go all in and go in all in on your strengths. Anything with fitness, anything with gyms for me, anything with nutrition and all of those and, like, bodybuilding shows. And if I'm going to go down the fact of running a show, I, I guarantee I could run an amazing bodybuilding show. Cause I've been to every, like almost, I, I see the most bodybuilding shows from ICN out of anyone in the world. So I see them all. Yeah, so. Um, so like, that's where I think that you, you play to your strengths and you're going to like, if you've never been to a bodybuilding show, if you've never competed, don't set your niche as you're going to be bodybuilding because in the end yeah. it's like, well, go and spend some time there first in yourself and go and learn as much, go and get a coach, learn everything about bodybuilding, get into bodybuilding, learn it as a sport, learn the art of it. And then once you start doing quite well in it, and then you can grab free clients, coach those free clients for six months in that niche. And then you can start to like, you get that good that people want to pay you for your work instead of the back end, which 99.9% of people will say, this is how much I cost. They bring in a client, have a bad, like either a, even a good or a bad experience with that client and then never heard of it again. Um, yeah, exactly. So it's like, I always, like, I always think like, you don't want to wash off the back of this industry. Um, it's, you want to leave a deep and meaningful kind of persona in the industry and, like a, a lot of the fakes, like I, I don't even worry. Like I've had so much hate through my whole career of like, like coming straight off the back of jealousy from pe- when I started coaching people like, why the fuck is this guy coaching? Like you have no idea what to do. And I was doing it for free and things like that. But it's just like, in the end, it's like, they've all washed out. Like they've all gone off the back and they're nothing to do with the industry now. So it's like this constant turnover of people um, that come in and come out and it's, really only a core five or six people that stay within the bodybuilding um, community that have, have stuck around for a long periods of time and it goes in ebbs and flows. So it's just making sure that you a, stay relevant, keep content, keep like you should run at a hundred. Like this is the biggest thing. Like someone's going to start a business. They're going to run at a hundred kilometers an hour for a week. Same with their fitness goals. Same as soon as they get in the gym, hundred miles an hour for a week and then 80 and then 70 and then 60, they don't get motivated because they're not seeing results, 40, 30, and then they're like, fuck it, out. And like, it, it's almost like this happens over and over again. And it's something that you just got to keep consistent. Like, again, I did a post on Instagram tonight about consistency is key, always, no matter what you do, and take things you learn in the gym and then add them to your life as well. So it's just like, if you train once a week 
for a month. Don't expect results. Um, it's just constant going at it. Um, and then just learning and building and building and, and it's, it's like, no matter how successful you are, you're always going to come across that. I come across it all the time. I'm just like, even starting this podcast when I got to like episode five or something, I'm like, Oh, is this worth really my time of like, it's taking up a lot of time to talk where I could be like making money with clients and advertising through that. But it's also, you got to have it on the back. Like in the end, it's just like, all right, keep pushing on. And now it's getting like more numbers and more results and more people screenshotting on Instagram and giving more value and all of those type of things as well. So it's constantly building and building and building. Um, and in the end, that's just back, backed off. Like this is the third, third part of it you need to take on is like passion, believe in your passion and just really push towards it. If you've got any little thing, like I had no idea what I wanted to do, but as soon as I got that little kind of like whisper in the back of my ear, that's like, maybe this is like something you're good at. You're always like, I've always trained in the gym and always kind of, I never played sports that much, just focused on the gym, loved it, but I never thought of it as a career. I was just like, it's kind of coming on and the industry started building around me. And then I was like, Oh, maybe I could be paid to train. And then I was like, well, that's not going to happen. Um, as an athlete, like I was like professional athlete, just paid to be in the gym that's not doing anyone any good. And then the coaching side came onto it and then it started to build and like the whisper, it get louder and louder and louder. And then I kind of, as soon as I like probably pushed into it really hard that I was like, yeah, this is it. This is all me. Fuck it. What anyone else says as well. Like I, I even had like, even my parents were like, what do you mean you PT online? Like they're old school as. So they're like, how does that even, well, no one had any idea how it worked. But then like looking back on it, now you're sitting where you are. People are just like, oh yeah, of course. Like, oh, I, I helped you the whole way. And it's like, no, fuck. <laughs> you did not. Um, there wasn't like many people that was doing it, but like, I, I just believed in it the whole way. And I think like taking that risk that if you have any little passion is like, there's too many people out there. Like I learned this from a very young age from face-to-face PT um, with a lot of my clients is no one liked what they did. Like everyone hated going to work. They loved the gym because they were just out of it. But like they were 30, 40, 50 and they had no idea what they wanted to do. So it's like find something that you're super passionate about. And this is like super cliche because everyone says it is like find something that you are super passionate and just push all into that side of things. Um, because in the end, it's you, you're doing work too much for too long for something that you absolutely hate. And you're just not going to give it your all. Like you're not going to work for someone else as hard as you're going to work for yourself. Um, because in the end, it's all you, you don't want to scale someone else's business and make someone else money. Um, versus working for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I just think it's so important just to have like a dream, you know, just have a dream for your life and, uh, you know, just be on that pursuit and chase it down. Even if you, you know, have a lot of mistakes and failures. You just, you know, you keep that vision and you just keep, you know, yeah. working towards it and keep, uh, and you keep said, that vision yeah, like, I actually don't like the word dream. Like this is like something I was playing on when I was your age as well. Like everyone says like, have a dream and push towards it. And I was like, I hate that. Cause dreams like how often do dreams come true? How often do you remember your dreams? And you worded that perfectly that it's a vision. Like I, and yeah. that's something I put in my cellular reference of a vision. Um, and yeah. that's something like I picked up from a very, 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 like I was so lucky to like read books and have that kind of thing from a young age that it's like, you need to go into that vision each and every time. And like, 
think about where you want to be and like fucking taste it because it's so clear and exactly what you want to do. Now you've got that. Cool. What do you need to do to get there? Reverse engineer it. Okay. If I want to be a millionaire on a yacht, not doing any work in 10 years, all right, shit, I'm going to need to start some like insane company that's going to like take over the world. So we better learn something about computers. Um, but like it's, yeah. So it's like everyone like has that dream that they want the Ferraris and all this like expensive cars until you're like, all right, reverse engineer. Are you willing to do what it takes to get there? Eh, probably not. So it's like have a clear vision of kind of what you want to achieve, where you want to be. Um, and then go from there. And it's funny, like I actually clicked into to, on my computer. I've got like hundreds of um, documents uh, of just folders of, cause I'm not organized at all, but I actually had something from like the very start of um, activities that I did from a book. Like I did, did like it was uh what's it called? There's a guy called Lewis house. Um, he started his podcast very yeah, early. Isn't he? Uh, it's very popular. His po- school of greatness podcast is like insane now. But like I was there at like episode 20. So his first ever book, uh, The School of Greatness, had a like a per- personal declaration in it and then you write your perfect day. So something like this is like, I wrote this like way back when it was like 20 and it's little things that you want. And it's like, what do you achieve in that perfect day? Um, what do you want to create every day? Who are you spending your time with? Um, what are you exposing to yourself? And what passions are you fulfilling? And then you write your perfect day dot point for dot point. So you wake up at this time, do this at this time, and then like get it so clear of what you want to do, write it down, save it in a document and then reverse engineer. Okay. What do you need to do to make that happen? And then legit, I actually like randomly come across it the other day and I looked at it. I was like, God, this is so different to where I was, but I'm like so much living so much better of a life now. It was like, go and work at one expo as an athlete. And I was like, Oh Jesus, I've been to America and completely forgot about this document. Um, and then the other good thing is like, just, I think right, like all my sticky notes with them all business around as it's like goals, what I want to do for today, this type of thing of like writing, um, what I've got to do today with clients, check-ins, all of this type of stuff. In there, I've got a personal declaration, which breaks down like a big thing of everything, my, like my AbleFit motto or my own motto of what I want to do and my ethics. So it's like, why are you doing what you're doing? Like I'm no, nowhere in that ethics says make millions of dollars. No one in that ethics say fuck people over for money. Um, so it, it keeps that constant grounding reminder of like, no matter what happens, no matter how much success you get, no matter how much things you get, you just scan over and reread those things of like, Oh, this like just reminds you, like I see, like I've been in the fitness industry a long time and I've seen a lot of people grow, um, and get influence and things like that through the back end of expos and things like that. And they've just like gone nuts. And like a lot of, you, you look at a lot of these fitness dudes that have blown up of, um, not, not leaving the bit like the industry's killed them. So it's just that constant reminder yeah. of when you get, start to get a lot little things like that, that you never get big headed, never get too ahead of yourself that you lose taste of what you're here for. And the reason of why people did, did start following you or why people do inspire to be like you or things like that is you never want to lose track along the way. Um, and then just little, little values like I have in here is like make time for going out outdoors 
make sure that you hold value and don't get stuck in a trap of wasting time. So like things like that, that it's just constant reminders to yourself that you're like, this is why I got started and I'm not going to fall down the life that I'm not going to like another example that I was going to bring up before is like, because I run my whole business on um, Facebook and like that, I have to turn notifications off whenever I'm like sitting down at a table, my phone's upside down. Because if I've got constant yeah. notifications coming in and I'm like, never, like if we're doing a podcast now and I'm constantly looking at that, those notifications coming in, I'm never going to be present. And it's the same with like trying to like balance a relationship, a healthy relationship with my girlfriend as well. It's like, I can't be like having dinner and just constantly worrying about work and things like that as well. So you've got to take that time when you're always working is to have that time to be able to know when to switch off and when to switch on. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So that kind of leads me into what do you sort of do for your sort of personal development, you know, um, being a, you know, online entrepreneur like yourself, are you, you know, what, what are you into? Do you like doing the meditation? Obviously you like reading because you're into like Lewis Howes and, and his sort of podcasts and stuff. Like what's your sort of personal development, like personal care sort of yeah. routine? This is another thing like, that's one of the run of the kind of you hear a lot of different like influencers talk about like books and things like that. And if that's it, like legit, I've only read one book and it's Lewis House book in the last five years. I don't read, I listen to podcasts constantly. Um, I'm a yeah. very audio type of person when I'm driving, all of that type of stuff. I just like listening funnily enough to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of like, I'm more like marketing side of things um, more than the fitness stuff anymore. Um, but it, but it's kind of always learning from everything you do. Like a lot of people will be like, Oh, what's your like constant, like constantly learning is like, say if I have 50 clients, I'm constantly even just learning now, like doing different things. Like I'm getting a lot of clients come to me that have been on 800 calories for up to a year. And now I'm reverse dieting them out their lifestyle clients as well that have jumped on fad diets. So then I'm reversing them out. Um, and you learn a lot about that. Just like slowly bringing their, base metabolic rates back up and um, testing it through that. In the end, it's like I've had 400 clients that I've tested constantly and I know what works and what doesn't. So then when something comes in, I can definitely test test on it when I do hear all, all of these different things. So to be honest, like I'm way more productive, like on a day-to-day basis, what my day looks like is I'm productive when I train in the morning, not weight train. I need calories when I weight train, but I need to do something active in the morning. Um, so yeah. I kind of get up, don't even like have a quick scan on my phone um, on what I got to do to that day. I write a list before I go to bed of like little things I've got to check in with and things like that. And then I'll be out doing some form of cardio outside, probably like from a bike ride to a run or for a surf or something like that. Come in breakfast. Um, and then from there, get into work while I'm doing breakfast, like in the middle of breakfast, smash through all my messages that I've got unread then hit up plans, um, smash through the day, train at some point in the Arvo. Um, and then pretty much rinse and repeat, like come home, write the list again, what I got to do tomorrow and um, repeat it out. Like I'm not, like, I'm too ADD for meditation. For me, meditation is training. That's like what I yeah. put everything into. Um, I mix up where I train. I'm like more of like a moving meditation. Like a lot of my ideas, a lot of those type of things come to me when I'm doing cardio when I'm training by myself um, and things like that. Um, yeah. And then that, that, that's mostly 
where I do come from unless I have like a full brainstorming in the morning. Like I'll go for a run and then come back and I'll have like six ideas of like, Hey, let's try this, 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 and this. Um, and then promote from that. Um, so yeah, it's just work, working out things like that. Um, and what works for someone like someone that like you talk to someone like Zcat who I had on the podcast and he loves books. He'll go to all business seminars, all of that. Like I've been to a handful of business seminars, but I just find they're for people that don't execute. They just go to every single business seminar, like it's a fitness expo and they, it's all well and good to learn as much as you can, but without executing, it's the same in the gym. You can learn how to do a push up to the best of your ability. You can go down evidence-based study. You can learn about keto. You can learn about that, but if you're not doing it, you're not going to get anywhere. And if you're not doing it consistently, it's not going to happen. So like I'm more kind of, um, if I dabble in little things, like I, I, I like learning like a lot, a lot about businesses and thinking like on outlooks on like scaling up, talking to PTs, finding problems into that, um, chatting into like the, we've just opened it. There's a nutrition store just open to that. So talking to the owner of that and then talking how they're going to blow up social media from that. So it's a lot of my learning, like I'm a practical learner and like, that's a strength of me knowing who I am. I think makes me kind of where I've got to, why I've got to, I know exactly where my strengths are. I know exactly where my weaknesses are. So I'm going to really lean on practical learning and going out and just doing things. If I got to do something like my tax, I go and do it myself because it's like, all right, I know exactly how to do it. I'm not relying on other people. When I built my website, I built it myself. Um, so I'm, I'm not like you look at some people that will start an online business or something like that straight away. They're like, I need to pay someone to do my logo, pay someone to do my website, pay someone to do this, pay someone. And it's like, well, if you're like in the end, it's not your business anymore. Like <laughs> you're paying someone to do everything else. So, um, I've built everything from logos. So if I need to go and put a logo out or do something like an Instagram sticker, I learned how to build it. Um, I drew my logo. I did all these type of things. Um, so, and it works with everything I've done. So from my nutrition methods is I've learned that from doing it myself, my, um, training methods, learned that from testing it on myself. Um, business is learning it, just doing it in myself. So, um, I could go and read all this stuff in a book or go to all these different like motivational courses and things like that. But in the end, a lot of that just fizzles out for me where someone else might take it and do, do quite well with it. Yeah, that's awesome. So I think that you kind of are really good at taking action, you know, mm-hmm. taking action on this task that you have to do. And that is what sort of moves your business forward. Is that, is that kind of what you're, yeah. you're strong at is taking action towards? Well, yeah, it's just learning on the, like learning on the job. Like you look at apprenticeship versus like a TAFE course when you versus that versus a uni degree, like, um, you can come out in the teaching yeah. field with no practical assessment, but, and then you look at it like someone building a house. That's just, that's how they learn. They show up on the day. Here you go. Here's how you lay a brick. Um, and I think that's where people need to focus a lot more, especially in the fitness industry on because they end up um, like reading all this kind of stuff. And there's so many evidence-based studies out there. So many different bro science facts that they just take everything on and get super confused um, without first, doing everything by themselves or working it out with clients and prepping those type of people and working what works best. That's awesome, man. Well, I can definitely say that I feel a lot more like clear (laughs) on what I need to do, like in my own business, my own life. Um, and also feeling, you know, super motivated and, uh, really 
excited to be able be able to you know work with you because like um as like i'm not sure if you know everyone listening knows that i'm like one of your online clients now and i'm working towards my first competition prep which is going to be awesome um and yeah if you guys are listening you can follow along my journey on my youtube channel at hugo crown um because i'm going to do what sort of jake did and, and film the whole process from start to finish um because i think it's a it's a really cool thing and you know i love watching those sort of videos so um i want to give back and, and do that so i reckon that's awesome and thank you jake for you know taking the time out of your busy schedule to yeah you know, hop on a call with me and help me out and it's and awesome. that's the other really thing is like the funny thing is like everyone looks at my like bodybuilding stuff especially on uh youtube and they're like oh that's so crazy like it's funny because i don't promote my youtube that hard anymore um and they look at the videos and they're like oh it's so smart you did that so early so everyone follows and i was like i legit did that for me and it's like i make all of my youtube videos in the full intention that my grandkids are going to watch that and that, that it's going to be there forever. And instead of just doing a video that I lose all my photos on my phone and just never make it, that it's out there just randomly public. But my grandkids are going to type in my name and that's going to come up and they're going to get to know me and how I was through everything. So it's like, okay, let's look at it in another way. What do I want my grandkids to know? What do they want to know when they look at me when I'm even gone? So it's like um, when it comes down to that kind of thing is like, it just that, that, that I'm giving that value out for my grandkids. And it's like, well, people, that's how people are actually just locked onto it as well. Um, as that extra value. So yeah, that's the other thing is like the smartest thing for you is it's just like, you've got it pretty easy because you can see exactly what I do. Um, when it comes to you, you know, if you want to go down the online coaching space, well, you just copy exactly what I've done as a model and then base that model off into yours and then you, you've, you've pretty much got it built um, because it's been shown to be successful. If it, there's yeah. other ways to make it work and make it not work, um, and that's which, which we'll go down to, yeah, in deep, deeper levels for sure. Um, so then it's just executing from that of what you've already seen in like what we've done in Team Ablefit and slowly building on that as well. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to see where you go. Well, if people want to reach out through Instagram and watch your journey as well, what's your Instagram handle? So yeah, everything's just my name, Hugo Cram, H-U-G-O-K-R-A-M. Um, and yeah, so I'm, again, I'm just trying to, you know, work on providing value to people. And, um, you know, I'm again, you know, just at the beginning of this sort of journey. So it's, it's really awesome to, um, you know, be around, you know, some successful guys in the industry like yourself and, and a few other guys to kind of learn off. And, um, yeah, I really hope that I can, you know, make something out of it and, uh, you know, achieve, you know, my, my goals. Yeah. hundred percent. It'll be good. Kind of good. Like, uh, as when you take on mentorships and things like that, when you look, look, up, look upon, and I know you've been quite around, around the fitness industry for a while. So it's like, that's a difference. Like, soon as you came along, I was like, yeah, I'm going to give you a lot more value because already I've seen you for the last four to five years grinding in the industry. And it's um, things like I'm going to give you a lot more value than someone that's just coming along out the blue. That's first day out of their PT course. So um, yeah, that's definitely where it would be exciting to see where you go and kind of like 
it's quite funny because I was actually talking to Mark Fit um, a while back and it's like, like a couple of years ago and it's like, it's funny because he was that one strike that lit the match for me that I was like, cool, he's inspired me and he's inspired quite a lot of people. But it's like a seed down because then it's like, now I've coached 400 people um, from that little match he's lit in. So it's like, so I, I messaged him. I was like, look, I don't know if you realize because because we're both on Team Soaker as well. And um, when he's first come on Team Soaker, I was like, welcome to the team because he, he, he was telling me that he's about to sign the contract and things like that. And I was like, it's kind of funny, like you inspired one person and from that one person has gone like hundreds of thousands of more as well. And it just keeps going off. So you don't know that kind of strike until you kind of look backwards on like, I, I think you don't know. It's kind of sometimes the result of what, what you can do. And as long as you kind of just do your best self and it's going to inspire people along the way and you don't have to fake anything. Um, yeah, you're definitely going to leave a good mark. And in the end, like as long as you're in this industry wanting to do good um, for the right reasons, that's the, they're the people that are going to go far and be in this industry for the longest of time. Thanks for listening to that podcast, guys. Huge one. We went over so many different topics. Um, hopefully that gives a little bit of a clearer idea on any questions that you might have. If you do have any other questions, reach out to me, Jake underscore Abel underscore official on Instagram. And shoot us a message. I love having a chat to all of you guys anyway. So until the next one, I'll see you guys soon.